0: Well, we really enjoyed the uh, sunrise service this morning at seven. I'd like to thank Danny and Gretchen Jones for putting that on. Uh, it was really special. Uh, I understand it's been a tradition in this church for for years, right? Except for last year, and uh, yeah, last year was kind of a kind of a weird one. I understand that uh, Easter was uh, essentially online. That's how it was when we were in Arkansas, and. Uh, for me, it was really strange preaching a sermon into my iPhone, sitting there in the in the church auditorium all by myself, and probably even weirder for other people to watch me preach a sermon into my iphone but uh yeah what a what a picture of the resurrection here we yes. So, anyway, kind of kind of a, a picture of the resurrection here. You know, it's so good to have everybody here in person on on Resurrection Sunday. Uh, so glad that we can uh, celebrate the Lord's Supper here, or a, a little later too, all, all together. Because what we had done was Chris and I put the uh, phone in front of us, and we we had Lord's Supper, and I read the scripture, and we we put that online so people watching that would. In their homes, participate in the Lord's Supper along with us on video, and uh, it seemed kind of weird to me. A lot of people uh, really gave us good feedback on that, so it was it was it was, it was good. But this this is going to be much better today. I'm really looking forward to this. And uh, you know, this last week, I've really been thinking a lot about uh, the last this last year the uh, this time last year. You know, the uh, the big event on everybody's mind was the uh, the COVID nineteen pandemic. Uh, there 's a lot of unknowns, a lot of uncertainty. I uh, think people were thinking about death, I think a lot more than, than normal during that time you know you couldn 't look at the news without seeing the uh, the charts and the maps, the heat maps showing you know how many how many cases, how many deaths were going on in different countries, different states, things like that, how many people had died that day. I remember there was an article that was talking about uh, you know, temporary mass graves in, in New York City. There was, right around Easter, there was an article in Newsweek that said, uh, coronavirus becomes number one cause of death per day in the United States, surpassing heart disease and cancer. And uh, here we are a year later. And uh, just, just last week, somebody uh, in, in our congregation was telling us about somebody who just died. From the uh, the coronavirus, you know, over over half a million people in our country are reported to have died from it over the last year. Uh, some of us know people who've died. Of course, people keep dying from other causes as well. That that hasn't stopped. And uh, you know, the thing is, we just don't know what's in store for our future. Cheery, cheery, cheerful stuff here, talking about death here, but you know. We don't know, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but what we do know is that unless Jesus returns within our lifetimes, we will die, every one of us. I think the, uh, the death rate is holding steady at 100% right now. You know, it might be sickness, it might be accident, it might be just wearing out, dying of old age, but, you know, we're all headed, headed in that same direction. And uh, someone last someone last week in our Bible study was uh, talking about how uh, one of the interesting things to do now, you know, that he's reached a certain age was to uh, watch the obituaries to see if any friends had died. I remember my grandma telling me that. Uh, you know, the first thing she did when she opened up the paper was check the obituaries. And, um, you know, the thing is, the thing is we 're all faced with our own mortality we're, we're forced to and i I've got to admit if i didn't have God in my life i would I would find it disturbing I would find it even even frightening, but the resurrection changes everything the resurrection changes everything. Let me tell you about this article I read in the uh, the New York. Times, this was this was several years ago. Y'all have heard of Larry King. He just died this last January, I think. But uh, this uh, this article said that Larry King was obsessed with death. And it said that his day would begin reading the obituaries. He would ponder who will give the eulogy at his funeral. He he smiled as he thought that it might be Bill Klinick, and then his face would become blank. And he said, I won't be there to see it, though. Uh, he's, he had had a heart attack at that time, quintuple bypass, prostate cancer, diabetes, and seven divorces. He was 77 years old when the uh, television news station CNN dropped him. And when this happened, he really became aware that there was going to be a day that came when he died. And um, he learned when he learned from the television of the death of Osama bin Laden. Uh, that drove him to jump up on his feet. He said, I needed to be on the air. I needed a red light to go on. And he realized he had nowhere to go. And to move against aging and death, he he took hormone pills for human growth, four of them each day. And his plan was to have his body frozen. He wanted the full, uh, was it Ted Williams treatment? Baseball player who was cryogenically frozen? A uh, New York Times reporter wrote, uh, it's nuts concedes king but at least it gives him a shred of hope. Larry King says other people have no hope. So Larry King's hope was in being frozen. But I'd like for us to remember this is different for, for those of us in Christ. It's the resurrection. That's the difference. Praise the Lord. Yes, something significant happened 2,000 years ago. Uh, something that gives us real hope, genuine hope. You know, not an outlandish hope based on being frozen, frozen, thought, and then fixed. We have genuine hope in Christ, and that makes all the difference. So, I'd like to go back before the resurrection in the Gospel of John and look at an event that John records in chapter 11. We've got this really remarkable event where Jesus raises his friend Lazarus from the dead. Turn your Bible with me to John 11:17. John 11:17 and this story picks up with Lazarus having died while Jesus was away. And Jesus comes back to Bethany where Lazarus has been put in a tomb and his sisters Mary and Martha uh, are are grieving his death. He's been dead for four days. Read with me starting with uh, verse 17. When Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give to you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet he shall live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God, who is coming into the world. So the resurrection changes everything. We can look at death differently because of Jesus, who himself embodies the resurrection, and we can live eternally if we believe in him. We look at death differently. How does how does the world see death? A uh, couple different approaches, I think. You know, first we might cover it up, we might hide it. You know, our, our North America culture hides the reality of death it, it puts it behind a curtain you know it sends it away to a place where it won't have to see uh, be seen you know the the idea is kind of out of sight out of mind when somebody dies they're they're taken to a place where the body is the body of the dead person is is fixed up to look like a person who's just sleeping you know oh uncle joe he's, he's so natural you know look at the color in his cheeks death is masked it's it's dressed up it's it's painted and there's there's a whole industry in place which which does this you know i've i've heard so many times as as people uh discuss funerals or memorial services you know oh it's uh it's not a it's not a funeral it's a it's a celebration of life and and I understand that sentiment. I really do. I understand that desire. You know, we all want to look back on that person's life and uh, talk about uh, his or her accomplishments and, you know, the things that we remember about them, maybe some, some humorous uh, stories, you know, things that that take us back and make us feel that they're really not that far away from us. And, and I get it. <laughs> I really do. But the fact is, apart from Jesus' return... We all die. We try to cover up our own aging and, and preserve our youth. Again, there's a whole industry that, that tries to do this, right? You know, sometimes uh, we see people who try so hard to preserve their youth that it seems laughable, uh, but but it's really tragic. And why do we do this? Why do we do this? Are we afraid of death? Uh, Maybe so. Maybe we don't want to face the reality that we ourselves will will die. You know, another approach is to go to the opposite extreme and and glamorize death, make it a happy, peaceful thing. Uh, You know, I've seen people, though, before they die, and, you know, it isn't necessarily a a pretty thing. Um, You know, we, we... we use language that makes it sound almost pleasant. And, you know, we'd like to think that when people go, they'll, they'll simply slip away or or drift off, you know, just like you would take a Sunday afternoon nap. And again, I get it. You know, even in the Bible, uh, there death is often talked about euphemistically as being asleep. You know, our, our poetry makes it, Sound glorious and grandiose. Uh, you know, oh, I've slipped the surly bonds of earth and, and danced the skies on laughter silvered wings. It's instructive to see how Jesus reacted to Lazarus's death. What does it say? He wept. Jesus wept when Lazarus died. John doesn't say why, but I think we can say a couple things about it. You know, Jesus had compassion on Mary and Martha in, in their grieving. You know, Hebrews 4.15 says that we don't have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness. You know, Jesus was not a, a disconnected, unemotional person. He, he shared in the pain of, of this grief of, of Lazarus' death. You know secondly, I think he was he was grieved at the calamity of of sin in the world you know he he wept it this wasn't the plan this <laughs> sin is it sin brings death. you know the thing is death is not our friend. death is talked about in the scripture as our enemy. We need to see it as the result of our sin and rebellion against God. It's always been our enemy. In the garden, when our when our parents Adam and Eve rebelled against God, the result was death. In First Corinthians fifteen twenty six, Paul talks about it this way. He he says the last enemy to be destroyed is death. We'll get back to this passage in a bit, but death is something that ultimately will be abolished because it is our enemy. In Revelation 21.5, we see that God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be any mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. So how do we as believers view death? You know, we don't need to pretend it's a nice thing. We acknowledge that, yes, it's our enemy. It's, it's the result of the, the fall yeah, you know, we can face the reality of death head on and see it for what it is. It's not an enemy that we need to fear. Death is a defeated enemy. And in this account of Lazarus, we we have this guy who's a brother to Mary and Martha, all friends of Jesus, close friends. Jesus had been away, and these sisters sin for Jesus because their brother is ill. And uh, you know, the surprising thing is that Jesus, when he's away. And he gets word that Lazarus is very sick. He doesn't get excited and say, Come on, guys, let's go. We've got to heal Lazarus. But he seems to intentionally delay. Four days. This this was pretty upsetting to Lazarus' sisters. You know, if if he had just come in time, he could have healed Lazarus. We wouldn't have had to go through this. Uh, Jesus could have healed him. And Martha tells Jesus so, you know, if, if you'd only been here. You know, she has this amazing faith that Jesus can heal. We've got to give her that. But I guess it doesn't occur to her that, you know, Jesus actually has the power to bring a dead man back to, to life from, from the dead. You know, why did Jesus delay? We're not told. Maybe it's so that we realize the full impact of, of death You It said after four days that the body didn't smell too good. The corpse had started to decay. And Jesus tells her, your brother will rise again. And she says, yeah, 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 I I know. There's going to be a resurrection in the last day and he'll he'll rise in. You know, she knows about this resurrection, but uh, she has no idea what Jesus is about to do. And Jesus used what Martha said to teach her. He said this about himself he makes this amazing claim that he is the resurrection and the life you know, Jesus himself is the resurrection That amazing statement you know so Martha has this view of the resurrection like probably most of us do it's an event it's something that's going to happen but Jesus says that he himself essentially is the embodiment of the resurrection. If the resurrection event is going to happen, it's only going to happen because of him. You know, without him, the the hope of resurrection is nothing more than pie in the sky. It's It's a fantasy. It's imaginary. Without him, we have no hope. And this life is all there is. We might as well just... Enjoy it as as much as we can. If this is all there is, we would be very justified in fearing death. We would be very justified in being like Larry King about it. We'd be justifying. We'd be justified in thinking that well, maybe we can cheat death, stay young through surgeries and facelifts. We would be justified in pretending that death is is some. Glorious thing that occurs in other people's memories. Have you heard that? You know that, oh, we'll live on through our legacy. You know what? The fact is that within three or four generations, almost nobody is going to remember you or me. Jesus is making a point here. You know, a point about the resurrection. He demonstrates by... He demonstrates that point by bringing Lazarus back to life. You know, Jesus, the the one by whom everything is created. Jesus, the one by whom everything is held together. He has the power of life. He has the power to bring life out of death. Now, the big resurrection story, We we cannot do a, an Easter sermon without reading this, comes nine chapters later. Jesus died. He took our sins on, on himself. On the cross he he died. He was placed in a tomb. Three days later we read about it in chapter 20. John chapter 20. Now on the first day of the week Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark. And he saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb, so she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one who Jesus had loved, and said to him, they, They've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they've laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in he saw the linen cloth lying there but he did not go in then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb and he saw the linen cloth cloths laying there and the face cloth which had been on Jesus' head not lying with the linen cloths but folded up in a place by itself and then the other disciple when he reached the tomb first also went in who had reached the tomb first also went in and he saw and believed For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one of them at the head, one at the feet, They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, They've taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, and she did not know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Now, this isn't just a nice story that we tell on Easter. This is the story. This is the story. Uh, and the results are much bigger than, than we could possibly even imagine. You know, what what does the resurrection mean to us? Uh, the Apostle Paul explains it in uh, 1 Corinthians fifteen one. 21, excuse me. 1 Corinthians fifteen twenty-one. For as by a man came death, by a man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, then it is com- at his coming those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom of God, the Father, after destroying every rule, in every authority and power for he must reign until he has put all enemies under his feet the last enemy to be destroyed is death this is amazing because jesus was resurrected we have hope the resurrection is is the pinnacle of the redemption story of, of the bible you know, it's it's not just theory it's not just a story it's not something to ponder and speculate about. Uh, author and theologian Leslie Newbegin says the resurrection is no longer a mere doctrine; it has a living face and a name. Jesus is Himself the presence of the life which God's gift, which is God's gift beyond death. To be bound to Jesus by faith is to share already now the life which is beyond death so we see death for what it is we don't have to be afraid because jesus christ has provided the uh, remedy he he himself is the resurrection and the life he is alive he is the remedy jesus says we can partake in that remedy when we believe in him for eternal life uh, let's let's look again at what he says I am the resurrection and the life. whoever believes in me though he die yet shall he live and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? You know, believing in Jesus Christ brings us into resurrection life there there are two parts to this resurrection life really uh, usually we you know we when we think of resurrection we think of the physical body being being raised from death and that's part of it but we also experience the resurrection life now. It's the life that's lived in the power of the living Christ, the resurrected Christ. He's he's conquered death. As Paul says in Galatians 2.20, the life I live now in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So we can live today in the... uh, power of the resurrection the power of Jesus the living Christ the one who is alive you know, by, by believing in him death has no sting death has no hold on him and it has no hold on us and again unless Jesus returns in our lifetimes, we'll die when we do we'll be in Christ's presence One day we'll be resurrected. We're we're not like those people who have no hope, who have no God in their world. We will live forever. I love what Jesus asks Martha. Do you believe this? And this is the question for us. Do we believe this? Do you believe this? We have hope. The historical event, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, gives us that hope. He is the resurrection and the life. Believe in Him, and you will have eternal life. Though you die, you will live. The scripture says that. You know, when a founder of an organization dies, uh, what do people say? Uh, oh, that, that person really left a mark on the world. You know, I think of somebody like D.L. Moody, Dwight L. Moody. Uh, You know, he left a legacy, right? Uh, Who knows how many people were saved and have been saved over the years as a result of his ministry. How many people have been trained in the Bible and trained in ministry by the uh, educational Bible training schools that that he established? You know, he's... uh, we can read his writings. He's written books. I've got a book in my office I love. It's called Prevailing Prayer. But you know what? He's not with us. We can read his biography. We can be impacted by his teachings, by his example, but he's not here. Billy Graham. He's left a legacy. His family has continued his work. A lot of people have been saved because of Billy Graham. But Billy Graham's not here with us anymore. The founders of religions and and cults, uh, where are they? They're gone. They're in the ground or their ashes are scattered somewhere. But Jesus is alive. That grave could not hold him. The resurrection changed everything and it still changes everything. We have life because of Jesus. We're transformed day by day because he's alive, because through his spirit, which is in us, as as he told his disciples, I will not leave you as orphans. I will be with you always. So, eternal life begins upon... Believing in Jesus and receiving Him as, as your Savior. The life of a believer is the life of the living Christ. He's with us. In Him we have access to the Father. The life we live is the life of the resurrected Christ. And our death, when that happens, is just the beginning. Because He lives, we will live. In closing, yeah, because Jesus is alive, we can think differently about death, Uh, believing in him who is the embodiment of the the resurrection. We're free of the sting of death. Though we live, or excuse me, though we die, we will live. And so this story, the resurrection story, the Easter story is the story. It's, It's the turning point in history. the the reality of this Christ who died for our sins on the cross, who conquered death so that we might live. This should have more impact on us than any event in history. The resurrection changes everything. Has it changed you? Let's pray. Uh, Lord Jesus, we praise you. Uh, you You are truly glorious. We thank you for the cross. Thank you for your work on on the cross, Lord. That you died for us, you took our sins away. You took the penalty of of sin that that we deserved and you've redeemed us and and you're you're alive, Lord. You are the resurrection and you are the life. Uh, oh Lord, that we would truly know you and the the power of your resurrection in our lives today. Uh, let us uh, enjoy your presence. Let us Enjoy being with you, Lord. Uh, As we draw close to you, Lord, draw close to us. Uh, Fill us, Lord, with your spirit. And we give you the glory and the honor. And we pray in your name. Amen.